Welcome to Puritans Read, where we read aloud great Puritan works, authors, and biographies. Today, episode one of The Almost Christian Discovered by Matthew Mead. Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. Acts 26, 28. Introduction. In this chapter, you have the Apostle Paul's apology and defensive plea, which he makes for himself against these blind Jews who so maliciously persecuted him before Agrippa, Festus, Bernice, and the council. In this plea, he chiefly insists upon three things. Number one, the manner of his life before conversion. Number two, the manner of his conversion. Number three, the manner of his life after conversion. How he lived before conversion, he tells you in verses 4 through 13. How God wrought on him to conversion, he tells you, verses 13 to 18. How he lived after conversion, he tells you in verses 19 to 23. Before conversion, he was very pharisaical. The manner of his conversion was very wonderful. The fruit of his conversion was very remarkable. Before conversion, he persecuted the gospel which others preached. After conversion, he preached the gospel which he himself had persecuted. While he was a persecutor of the gospel, the Jews loved him. But now that by the grace of God, he had become a preacher of the gospel, the Jews hated him and sought to kill him. He was once against Christ, and then many were for him. But now that he was for Christ, all were against him. His being an enemy to Jesus made others his friends, but when he came to own Jesus, then they became his enemies. And this was the great charge they had against him, that of a great opposer, he had become a great professor. Because God had changed him, therefore this enraged them as if they would be the worse, because God had made him better. God had wrought on him by grace, and they seemed to envy him the grace of God. He preached no treason, nor sowed sedition. He only preached repentance, faith in Christ, and the resurrection. And for this, he was called in question. This is the previate and sum of Paul's defense and plea for himself, which you find in the sequel of the chapter, had a different effect upon his judges. Festus seems to censure him, verse 24. Agrippa seems to be convinced by him, verse 28. The whole bench seems to acquit him, verses 30 through 31. 
Festus thinks Paul was beside himself. Agrippa is almost persuaded to be such a one as himself. Festus thinks him mad because he did not understand the doctrine of Christ and the resurrection. Much learning hath made thee mad. Agrippa is so affected with his plea that he is almost wrought into his principle. Paul pleads so effectually for his religion that Agrippa seems to be upon the turning point to his profession. Then Agrippa said to Paul, Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. Almost. The words make for some debate among the learned. I shall not trouble you with the various hints upon them by Vala, Simplicius, Beza, Erasmus, and others. I take the words as we read them, and they show what an efficacy Paul's doctrine had upon Agrippa's conscience. Though he would not be converted, yet he could not but be convinced his conscience was touched, though his heart was not renewed. Observation. There is that in religion which carries its own evidence along with it, even to the consciences of ungodly men. Thou persuadest me. The word is from the Hebrew, and it signifies both swadere and persuadere, either to use the arguments to prevail or to prevail by the arguments used. Now it is to be taken in the latter sense here to show the influence of Paul's argument upon Agrippa, which had almost proselyted him to the profession of Christianity. Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. A Christian. I hope I need not tell you what a Christian is. Though I am persuaded there are many who are called Christians who do not know what a Christian is. Or if they do, Yet they do not know what it is to be a Christian. A Christian is a disciple of Jesus Christ, one who believes in and follows Christ. As one who embraces the doctrine of Arminius is called an Arminian, and he who owns the doctrine and way of Luther is called a Lutheran, so he who embraces, owns, and follows the doctrine of Jesus Christ is called a Christian. The word is taken more largely and more strictly, more largely, and so all who profess Christ come in the flesh are called Christians in opposition to heathens who do not know Christ, and to the poor blind Jews who will not own Christ, and to the Mahometan who prefers Muhammad above Christ. But now in Scripture, the word is of a more strict and narrow acceptation. It is used only to denominate the true disciples and followers 
of Christ. The disciples were first called Christians at Antioch. If any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, who is as a member and disciple of Christ. And so in the text, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. The word is used only in these three places in all the New Testament. And in each of them, it is used in the sense aforementioned. The Italians make the name to be a name of reproach among them and usually abuse the word Christian to signify a fool. But if, as the apostle said, the preaching of Christ is to the world foolishness, then it is no wonder who the disciples of Christ are to the world fools. Yet it is true in a sound sense who they are, for the whole of godliness is a mystery. A man must die who would live. He must be empty who would be full. He must be lost who would be found. He must have nothing who would have all things. He must be blind who would have illumination. He must be condemned who would have redemption. So, he must be a fool who would be a Christian. If any man among you seems to be wise, let him become a fool who he may be wise. He is the true Christian who is the world's fool, but wise to salvation. Thus, you have the sense and meaning of the words briefly explained. The text needs no division, and yet it is a pity the world almost should not be divided from the word Christian. It is of little avail, however, to divide them as they are linked in the text, unless I could divide them as they are united in your hearts. This would be a blessed division if the almost might be taken from the Christian, that you may not be only propamodum, but Admodem, not only almost, but altogether Christians. This is God's work to effect it, but it is our duty to persuade to it. Oh, that God would help me to manage this subject so that you may say in the conclusion, you persuade me not almost, but altogether to be a Christian. The observation that I shall propound to handle is this. Doctrine. There are very many in the world that are almost and yet, but almost Christians. Many are near heaven and yet are never the nearer. Many are within a little of salvation and yet shall never enjoy the least salvation. They are within sight of heaven and yet shall never have a sight of God. There are two sad expressions in scripture which I cannot but take notice of in this place. The one is concerning the truly righteous. The other is concerning the seemingly righteous. 
It is said of the truly righteous, he shall scarcely be saved. And it is said of the seemingly righteous, he shall be almost saved. Thou art not far from the kingdom of God. The righteous shall be saved with a scarcely, that is, through much difficulty. He shall go to heaven through many sad fears of hell. The hypocrite shall be saved with an almost, that is, he shall go to hell through many fair hopes of heaven. There are two things which arise from hence of very serious meditation. The one is how often a believer may miscarry how low he may fall and yet have true grace. The other is how far a hypocrite may go in the way to heaven, how high he may attain and yet have no grace. The saint may be cast down very near to hell and yet shall never come there. And the hypocrite may be lifted up very near to heaven and yet never come there. The saint may also almost perish and yet be saved eternally. The hypocrite may almost be saved and yet perish finally. For the saint at worst is really a believer and the hypocrite at best is really a sinner. This concludes episode one of The Almost Christian Discovered by Matthew Mead.